There is so much going on in this moment of Jesus Christ crucified. So much that, that God has been working on throughout all of human history, uh, not just like with the people there, but, but over the course of all of humanity, the whole world, God had been putting breadcrumbs and he had been putting inklings, he had putting markers, and all things in all time had been working toward this very moment. And there is so much going on right now, so much more than any of us could, could fathom. Any of us, if we take our entire lives and dwell the depths of the meaning and significance of this very moment, we would never reach the end. Jesus is the once and for all Passover lamb. For thousands of years, God's people had celebrated Passover. It was that time where they looked back and remembered how God had rescued them from slavery in Egypt, and he did so by, by sending a plague of judgment. And all who, who took a pure spotless lamb and, and sacrificed it and then took the blood and, and put it over their doorpost, what would happen is, is that that judgment would pass over all of them. And now Jesus, coming forward as the, the pure, spotless Son of God, is, is now saying that all who, who have his blood marking them, the judgment and the weight of our sin and payment that we deserve passes over all who are marked by him. Jesus is the righteous Adam. The first Adam, the, the first man God made, was called to, to trust God's will and to obey him, and yet he decided to trust in himself and reject God's will and God's ways. And he ate of the tree he was not supposed to, and, and in doing so, he brought death and judgment into the entire world. Jesus Christ, completely faithful and obedient to the will of his Father, climbs upon a tree and through his death brings life and salvation to the entire world. Jesus is the final temple sacrifice. Again, for thousands of years, God's people had had come to the temple on a very specific day of the year, Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement, and they would bring a bull and a goat, and they would bring them to the center of the temple. And there, that bull and that goat would be sacrificed on the altar by the high priest who would sprinkle the blood of that bull and that goat upon the altar and upon himself. And it was a symbolic way of showing that that because of the sin of all of God's people, there needed to be a payment, there needed to be a judgment, there needed to be a death. And, and it was symbolically transferred on to these animals so that it wasn't brought upon the people. And they did this looking forward to the day, year after year, where there would be one final sacrifice and they would not need to sacrifice anymore. And in this moment of Jesus Christ on the cross, 
He is that final sacrifice, not as an animal, not symbolically paying for sins, but actually paying for the sins of the entire world. Jesus is also the scapegoat. On that very same day, Yom Kippur, Uh, Along with the bull and the goat to be sacrificed, there was also another goat that the high priest had with him. And and this goat would be kept alive, and, and the high priest, after sacrificing the bull and the goat, covered in blood, would lay his hands on this other goat and and symbolically transfer the guilt and the shame of all the people upon this goat and would send it out into the wilderness, taking all the sin and the shame off of God's people out into the wilderness where it was gone for good. It was their scapegoat. Jesus Christ on the cross, he is crucified outside of the city. Outside of the city walls, he is led out of the city as our scapegoat, taking your shame and my guilt all of it upon himself off of us. He is our scapegoat. Jesus Christ is the saving ship of humanity. Noah faithfully built an ark to to keep him and his family and and the animals safe and keep keep the line of humanity alive, even as small as it may be with them, But he built an ark out of faith and built it out of wood. And as the wind and the rains came down, they were kept safe and dry from the wind and the rains of the judgment that was coming down. Now we, as we cling to Jesus Christ on his wooden cross, we are kept safe from the winds and the rains of any accusation any judgment of our guilt, we are sheltered from it. We are kept safe. We are not touched by it because we're clinging to the wooden cross of Jesus Christ. He is our saving ship that keeps us safe to sail in life. And here's the thing. We could keep going on and on. There is so much going on in this one moment and, and some of those things, you may, you may have known those things. You, you paid attention in Sunday school. Some of those things may have been new to you. But here's what I want you to know. I want you to know the most important thing about this moment of Jesus Christ crucified, the most important thing for you to grab a hold of today. And it's not the theological depth of all the things that are happening. The, the historical realities and how God had been moving history and moving people all leading to this moment, that's not the most important thing. The most important thing for you to grab a hold of today for your life is to know that this moment is for you. That this moment, Jesus Christ crucified, is for you That is the most important thing to know, to believe, to cling to, is that all of this is happening for you. And that's not meant to make you feel guilty 
or fill you with shame. It's meant to make you feel grateful and fill you with gratitude for all that he has done for you. At this moment, Jesus is on the cross for you, and he's on the cross for his disciples, the ones who deserted him in his hour of need. It's for Peter, who, who denied even knowing him. It's for the Roman guards as they beat him and mock him and as they hang him upon the cross and as they jeer him, it's for them. It's for his mother who is, who is standing by his side, the mother who, who gave birth to him, who loved him, who raised him, and who has never left his side even at this very moment. It's for her. It's for the Jewish people, even the ones who are rejecting him, who knew all along that there was a Savior to come, who knew all of the breadcrumbs, all of the brushstrokes, and yet they're missing it. This moment is for them, and it's for the Gentiles, the ones who had no idea that a Savior was coming at all. It was for them. And it's for you. And you may wonder, well, how is this moment for me? What does that mean? How is this moment for me? Here's how it's for you. Is it shows you what would happen if you attempted by your own goodness, morality, your own attempts to atone, to make up for your sin, your brokenness. It shows you what would happen to you if you had the arrogance to say, I'm actually a pretty good person. And, and I, think I, can, I think I can meet God at least halfway. I can balance the scales. This moment is meant to show you what would happen to you if you tried that. You would be crushed under the weight of that. And God, our Father, does not want us to be crushed under that weight of judgment. And so he places it upon his son, who can handle it, who can take it. Yes, it will crush him. Yes, it will kill him. But we know what is coming Sunday morning. And so we, right now, in this moment, give thanks for that moment because we know that it's all for us. It's all for you, for your forgiveness, for your mercy, for your salvation. All for you. So what do we do in response to this incredible gift that the Son of God crucified for us accomplishes all that we need to save us, to forgive us, to, to make us right with our God. What do we do in response to it? And, and really, what do you do in response to any, any gift? The first thing you do is you say thank you, which may sound really simple. And, and if I'm honest, like I say thank you to Jesus a lot, and I'm sure many of you do too. But I think if I think about the things I thank him for, I thank him for um, bedtime routines that go smoothly. If you've been around young kids, you know what I mean. I thank him uh, for delicious food that, that when I'm hungry, man, it just hits the spot. I thank him for um, health diagnosis, I, or clean bills of health. I thank him for all of these things in life. We thank him for all these things, but if I'm honest, I don't thank him that often for this moment. 
I don't sit and say, thank you, Jesus, for, for dying for me, for being crucified for me. I thank him for a whole lot of things, but if I'm honest, I don't do that a whole lot. And I invite us, I invite you, tonight, of all nights, to thank Jesus, but not thank him for, for all of the other things, but specifically thank him for this moment and all that he is doing for you. The other thing we do with this, this gift is we put it to use. That's what you do with gifts, right? You don't just keep it boxed up, look at it. You put it to use. So how do we put this gift to use? Here's how you put it to use, and if you've been a part of the Lutheran tradition, this may be a familiar phrase to you. We put this gift to use by saying, remember your baptism. Because in your baptism, whether or not you remember it actually, but when you remember I am baptized, what you know, according to the Apostle Paul, is you, in that very moment, were connected supernaturally to that moment. That, that in your baptism, you, you were connected intimately to the, the cross of Jesus Christ and also the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And so now, everything that he has accomplished, it's given to you, and it, it's washed over you, and it, it sits over you, and it's in you, it's over you. You have it at all times, all of the gifts, all of the things he accomplishes, it's given to you for you to hold, for you to take, take to heart every single day. It is yours. And so we put this to use when we remember every single day all that we have, all that we've been given. And so when things come up in our lives, when I sin, when, I, when I'm faced with, with difficulties, when I'm facing my own guilt and shame, I handle those things in light of what I've been given. I take my sin and I don't try and fix it myself. I don't ignore it, but I come to the cross of Jesus Christ and I confess it. And I hear again, it is finished. He has done this for me. He has forgiven me because of what he has done. And so when you, when you have to deal with that person and their sin, you remember too that not only are you forgiven and redeemed by this cross, but they are too. And you have this incredible gift that God has accomplished and given to you, and now you can treat that person not as they deserve, but as Christ has treated you and as Christ treats them. That's how we put it to use. We take to heart all that we have been given and we let it shape every single moment of our days as we look back and remember this day and all that Jesus has done for you. There's so much going on in this moment. So much that, that you could spend your lifetime diving the depths and you would never reach the bottom of knowing all the things that God is doing, all that has been accomplished in this moment. You could spend your entire life. We could spend all of eternity and we would never see the depths of it. And you can choose the rest of your days to dive into the depths, or you, you can choose to stay on the surface, and you know what? That's okay, too. But here's the one thing for you to grab hold of. 
the most important thing is that all of this is for you. Christ has been crucified for you. Amen.